Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. Obviously, I know you guys from doing comedians interviewing musicians. I've been on the show a few times. Uh, it's a, always an awesome time. I love listening. I love coming to hang out or watching the live streams now, all that stuff. Um, so, like, what else are you, have you guys been doing during quarantine? Because I know you guys would usually be, like, you know, at Esther's Follies or uh, I know. On Alma. the street. What are you guys, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Normally, I would be on the street, you know, working the corner while oh. Becky Joe is doing Esther's. Um, but no, I mean, both of us, both Becky Joe and I, before pre-pandemic, if you can think back that far, we both worked at Alamo Draft House as movie party host. And it was the best job ever. I did brunches every Sunday. It was so fun. I got paid to dress up and act a fool and watch movies. Um, but so that is gone as of right now. But during this whole quarantine pandemic, um, I've actually started teaching at Zach Theater, not cool. physically, well, kind of physically, but not really, um, but more so over Zoom, because that's where our lives are. And I do a podcast class. I actually teach a podcast class for grades six through 12. And they're just creating their own podcast right now. And it's really fun and super cool. And I think next, next semester, I'm going to teach a TikTok class. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And how to create characters. It's basically like how to do a bit, how to sell it. I right. feel like I barely even understand what TikTok is. So oh, I don't even a have class. a TikTok. <laughs> so it's really funny that I'm going to teach a class That's about awesome. it. So you're like, you're probably having to figure out how it all works and stuff, right? Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I know how it works. I mean, okay. I, ha I do like the reels, quote okay. unquote, on Instagram. And they're pr practically the same thing. And... It's, it's not hard. It's a 15 second joke. It's not hard. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, you know, uh, do you think, I, I think like one thing I wonder about and like one thing I'm trying to do with this show is get a lot of different types of creatives on and like, obviously, you know, my answer because I'm having you guys on the show, but do you guys consider comedy to be art? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh so. yeah. And probably one of the hardest forms of art um, just because I think that so many people think it's easy, but it is one of the hardest things to do because landing a joke in front of people that everyone is going to enjoy is, it's like a psychic power, you know, and you have to have this energy that connects with the audience and all of that. And it just, it, it just doesn't come easy and also it can be anything so uh, there's a lot of dark comedy i mean you think about it there's slapstick there's so many other forms of it that it will take you so many places and, and it's exactly like it's that's what becky joe and i talk about all the time is that it's a lot like music yeah. and it can make you feel all sorts of different things and that's kind of the point like the kind the point of music is to make you feel things and the point of comedy is to make you feel things and i mean ultimately laugh but also oh my gosh that totally relates to my life that's happened to me or oh, i'm so glad that they said that because i thought that was so sad and i 
it just that made me think about it a different way you know um so yeah i definitely think that comedy is more than just entertainment i think it's definitely an I, also, I think too the one of the things that i think is like it, it compare it to music as well is that i think comedy can't be learned singing can be learned to a certain extent but if you're tone deaf you can't if you can't exactly. play a yeah. guitar if you can't hear the difference in tone so you can try your hardest to learn comic timing and um, to learn how to structure a joke maybe Agreed. but humor is a human uh as it's an aspect of being a human being and i think that and sort of the consciousness right like it's irony it's slapstick it's falling there's a part of that that is you can't teach it and um a lot of the a lot of i had a conversation with my dad when robin williams died because he was like he was so happy and i'm like yes and then you have to understand all creative people are that way because they are either coping or it is their coping mechanism you either need music to express your feelings or you need and i think that um i'm a wimp i'm a huge wimp i like to pretend that i'm super uh confrontational i am not i am weak like coffee filter um but the i have always used comedy to cope with things and to make myself feel less uncomfortable and i remember growing up if i was being bullied or made fun of i would try to just make them laugh to make them Mm -hmm. make me feel human to them absolutely you get to the joke first and then they don't win right and i think that's an art form because it's like self-preservation yeah and it also can't it can't be there's certain parts about it that just can't be taught you're either like given comic timing or you're given insane amount of anxiety and you can't cope so you're just kind of so i just kind of off that point do you think that's where like a lot of comedians like self-depreciating comedy comes from oh, like no. trying to beat them to the punch oh so, absolutely for sure lost relationships over this concept because they were like why can't you take a compliment and i'm like why can't you accept my way of taking the compliment i don't want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's it, it very much is can become a wall of and and then that's the other thing is that a lot of people won't take a comedian seriously Mm -hmm. Um, because they're just always trying to do the entertainment and, you know, and also do all the jokes and have all this high energy. And it's hard to take that hat off and then bring that wall down. Oh my God. So many things I'm talking about walls, accessories, whatever, but (laughs) it's just hard to bring that and be real. And so I think that's the number. That's why I appreciate um comedians who can do real shit you know be activists or also do drama and like you can see that they have this range that they're a person and it's not just this one line tone of comedy well there's well remember that comedian that said like once you start getting certain laughs for certain things you your stand-up comedy turns into a character it becomes the, the longer you do it the farther yourself is actually from it like mm-hmm. there's aspects of it that are you and are very much your truth but depending on the response of people is where you pick and choose the parts of yourself that you like to show people and that's where you like that's where i think what kim's saying like if they can step away from that and actually become like a real life person every now and then it's like there's nothing worse than a comedian who's always on. Oh, on. my God. Yeah. Take a nap. Yeah, I could see that. I think, well, 
I think kind of something that I've thought about and kind of how I think music and comedy relates and tell me if you guys agree with this, but like, I think, you know, with music and comedy, the biggest turnoff that I can see is when somebody's not being real in some way. Like, not mm-hmm. that, not that like you can't go play a character or like do something, but like, I want you to put some part of yourself into it. Like, I don't it want it to be personal. Yeah. I don't, I don't want, I don't want it to feel like you just think that the crowd is going to think it's funny. So you're doing it or right. Listeners going to love this song. So you're making exactly all the choices that is yeah. music tonight, you know, like- absolutely. Yeah. There's that, that, that there's that disconnect and, and there's not like a personal connection with that piece. I completely yeah. agree. Do you think that happens a lot in comedy or do you think it's a little bit more like genuine than I think music, it happens all the time, but, but that's, I, when it's bad. that's when comedy's bad. You know, yeah. when you're like looking at someone tell jokes about like, or this is always really funny to me when I listen to like some incel ass virgin up there talking about women being shitty. And I'm like, you don't even know a woman apart from your own mom. <laughs> what about your ex? You've never dated a woman seriously. You, you describe a woman's smell. Go. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't have the, but there's the inauthenticity in it is when it's not good. When the jokes don't land because there's no truth in it. it right. that's, yeah. that's why racist jokes aren't funny. That's not fucking true. Like, don't, don't sell me some gross stereotype because you're, you know, your grandma, ne- your, you were never correcting your grandma on the, in your race. <laughs> there like, it is. Wrong. Doggy. Yes, there it is. Jokes aren't good. Yes. jokes aren't good. We had There's, a, we had a dog kind of cutting in there. Um, I missed some of that, but um, it sounds like we're definitely on the same page about just things being real, you know, and I think that's super important. Yeah. Something I wanted to ask about, cause you know, I'm definitely a fan of, stand-up comedy and I think it's so accessible now with like so many specials being on Netflix and I'm talking about like the big time you know comedians that are out there and stuff like but I feel like I can't really call myself a like well-rounded comedy fan because I don't really know much about the local scene like if I was somebody who loves comedy and I do like how would you tell me like to like get started what places to check out like what how do you dive into like the local scene? This is a question for Becky Joe because I'll let you in on a little secret. I hate watching stand up. <laughs> it's true. She and <laughs> I actually hate musicals. And I, I, that's all, that's my job. It's literally <laughs> all of what I do. And I hate watching them. That's yeah, funny. Stand-up, well, it's funny because I mean, it, I think every person in comedy hates watching bad stand-up, but I, it is always really, I don't know. Um, it, this question is also kind of hard to answer currently just because we have lost a couple of comedy clubs in quarantine. True. But um, pre-COVID, I would have told everybody to go, you know, to Cap City, go to the Velveeta Room. The Velveeta Room does, you know, five shows a week. There's uh, like, Institution Theater used to have like, there were so many great places to go see it. and. Um, but they have like random open mics that like kick butt coffee does open mics. There's what I think was interesting about uh, like the, the drag scene in Austin has a lot of like really funny, st- like whether they want to call themselves stand-up comedians or not, they have some really funny queens that are, when they're on mic are just like, it's great for the comedy scene. I think there's, if anything, if you, if you go to a show and even though you like the comedian or not, 
go to their social media and hunt through their friends and find fun people because right now in quarantine almost every single comedian has turned to the internet to put shit out there like there's one comedian uh who's like walking around his neighborhood talking shit on people's houses on the internet one of my friends is she joined tiktok as a newly 30 year old woman and she's like trying to understand if there's so many like brilliant comedians that come up but i i've always just gone to the velveta room after work like it's right next door to esther's yeah we listen kim and i used to be able to like hear the stand-up comedians in our dressing room while we were at work you know we'd be like oh shit Luis is on stage like <laughs> like yeah right below us yeah I, w- I will also say that um when you were talking about institution valerie um niece niece she'll yell at me later but uh uh, she did a show called Smile More and it was all just female comedians. Mm-hmm. And I think she's been doing um, a pandemic series online, I think. Um, so that's really cool because that's featuring funny women. Oh, Greetings from Queer Mountain is a great... Oh, not, yes! Not all comedy, um, but the incomparable Michael Folk, who is now in California and has started like, there's like four Greetings, there's one in LA, one in San Francisco, one in New Orleans, one in Austin, I think. And there, again, it's not all comedy. There's musicians, there's poets, there's storytellers, uh, there's dancers, like such, and the, the whole idea is that they're giving, it's an open mic night for the queer community in Austin and they have some badass comedians on there telling super funny stories. And they're, you know, it's nice, it's equal parts like heartbreaking and eye-opening and funny and relatable. And they're usually, a, cheer up so it's just you know the big but like that is one thing i cannot wait to go back to because i'm sure there's going to be some brilliant comedy and art after this quarantine yeah. oh no doubt there's yeah i've definitely got that you know in mind like the whenever things do feel totally comfortable and everybody's out and about it's going to be glorious like all oh, this yeah. that people have thought of with all this time and like oh man i can't wait um but looking forward to that day for sure um okay. Yeah, we'll start with you, Kim, on this question. I've been asking all the guests on um, on the show, like, because I, I think it's kind of an interesting thing to put yourself in, like, other shoes, I guess. If you were to be successful in, it, like, with any other art form mm-hmm. besides comedy, what would it be? Because for me, it would be comedy. Yeah. It's funny, but. I, I would love to be successful in singing. Um, the thing Kim is, is a great singer, by the way. Kim is a great okay. singer. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate that. So uh, I'm about to get real, uh, real, real on you. Please. Um, so I just, I, I dated a lot of musicians. And so this is why I've crossed them all off my list. So sorry, musicians who think I'm <laughs> super hot and funny. Um, I will never date you. But uh, I've just had so many musician boyfriends who are awful of themselves and they will tell like, like they told me that I couldn't sing and I had a terrible voice. And so, especially at a young age, um, that's really kind of scarring and awful. So it took me a really, really long time to get comfortable in my own voice. And so actually when you were talking about what we were doing in quarantine, I was taking voice lessons. Wow. And I've been getting more confident and comfortable in my voice. Um, I'm also apparently not just an alto, I am more. So there she goes. Hey. That's awesome. More of a mezzo. 
Um, but yeah, so I think that if I wasn't treated like garbage at a young age um, and put more time into it, I would have loved to be a singer. But also I think that it would still turn out to be comedy though. I love yeah. writing parody songs. It's kind of like one of my favorite things to do. And I'll just go around my house singing and making up different lyrics or whatever. And yeah, it will probably come out funny in some way, but yes, I do like to sing normal stuff too. So I mean, it's like, I can get down on a Lance on that. It's like weird Al, like the true North of that like the right for me, for me it is but it would be like that but less <laughs> I, yeah. less weird al yeah 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 you yeah. know yeah. No bless him very are you telling oh. me no accordion <laughs> no maybe <laughs> a tiny squeak? one maybe like a like a teeny tiny accordion that just squeaks okay. um but i don't uh, bless weird al he's genius when it comes to comedy he has the voice of a butthole. So <laughs> I just, I think that I am com- confident enough in my voice that I think I can sing better than Weird Al. Okay, we okay, go. yes. <laughs> I, I was definitely not trying to comment on the quality of your voice. I really haven't heard you sing yet. I, I would love to, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, one day. Yeah, let me know if you need some guitar tracks. And then, hey! Oh, you know somebody. See, I also need to get better at playing um, ukulele. I started. um, I obviously learned the two best songs, um, which is uh, what uh, What's Up by Four Non Blondes and um, Touch Myself. When I think about you, I touch myself. Just how in the hell have you had a ukulele and you didn't? How how are the top? How is Jason Mraz's song not in the top two ukulele songs? How is that? I'm not a garbage person, <laughs> but like top songs in my Rolodex of music. I think is that what's up is out for me. I can't, I can't do it. I, I was in, you don't like that song. Okay. I was in a cover band for quite a while in my early goings in Austin. And uh, yeah, for whatever reason, the lead singer just wanted to close every show with that song. Um, so, okay. So, so it's got like a little PTSD for you much yeah it's, it's, yeah it's it's ran its course okay i can i can feel that yeah it is like my karaoke go-to yeah yeah because i can yeah i can get it down on that you can yodel that shit up there i can i can yodel that shit <laughs> it always got him going though i tell you what never failed oh never failed. yeah because everyone can just do the what's going on in any journey song just every white person in the room is oh. like yeah. oh like, absolutely i was in new orleans once and my it was palante and i were there and it was for donnie's birthday and it was alana palante and i and we were the only three white girls in this whole building and they want the band started to play journey and she pointed at me and she goes you you know the words get up here <laughs> and like, she, she was like yeah you're a white girl get up here because 
Bless her, right? Rachel is. No, she was not white. Uh, again, like Rachel. No, was no, she no, right? Was she Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course I do. Because yeah. it, it was journeys don't stop believing or whatever. But it yeah. was funny because I started singing it, and she was like, "Oh, she's not. She can't. She can sing." It's because right. my. My work wife was sitting at like the stage was lifted and my work wife was sitting her feet are by our, her head is or by our feet. And she's like, she can sing. I promise she can sing. And anyone who knows Rachel Palante, she's like a party goblin of some sort. Like if she starts <laughs> drinking, you cannot control her. And so she, I was losing her little head. Like it was yeah. bouncing all over. She was, no, that was, I have it on video. I was wickedly drunk. And then I, after, right after she pressed stop on the recording was when we saw this guy who gave me shit in a strip club earlier and I leapt off the stage and yelled at him. So, <laughs> it was a good day. so, so that's what happens when you make a white girl sing journey. That's what happens. when She you will a- leap off the stage and beat you with her heel. Yeah. He kept trying to pull a thousand dollars out of an ATM and then he yelled, he almost backhanded some woman because he was spending 20 minutes at an ATM trying to pull out a thousand dollars. You can't, <laughs> pull that much money out of an ATM. And then she was like, sir, you can. He goes, no. And I was like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I screamed at him and he got kicked out. And then as in the middle of my journey moment with the best band ever and my work wife hopping around like a psycho, no. Uh, That's how we're different. I would have taken a different approach to that. And I was said, sir, let me help you pulling out a thousand dollars. You do this one for net. You're going to do 500 out of this one. I'm going to take your card and your pin number. I'm going to go down to that ATM. <laughs> I'll meet you over at the Sizzler. Yeah. Wait all- <laughs> now, who's got the getaway car and who's uh, who's driving? Uh, uh, that guy's uh, not going to get us. <laughs> I can put on my wheelie shoes. <laughs> those sketches with the wheels woo, and be out of there. See, I think that's a good life lesson. Always bring your wheelie shoes, right? In case you need to get out of there. That's that's the title of this episode. Yes, for sure. They always bring like if you're wearing flip, if you're wearing heels, you got to bring like some sandals in your purse. No, screw that. Heelys. No, yeah, heelys. (laughs) So, same question for you, Becky Joe. If you could be successful at any other type of art besides comedy, what would it be? Culinary arts. What, Kim? culinary arts oh well no see here's the thing is i was thinking about this because i really do try to be i'm that neurotic middle child that needs to be good at everything i do and when i'm not i fixate on it until i can do it and uh one of the like i can sort of paint i can sort of doodle i can sort of cook i can sort of act i can sort of tell jokes the one thing i really Mm. tried so hard at for so long and never got above like C plus was dancing. I was never as gifted of a dancer as I wanted to be. And my older sister is like a, a very accomplished singer and teacher. And my mother was a chief at chief's cheerleader for forever. Like my younger sister was a gymnast and a diver and she was super elegant. And I was just mad. Cause I was this like middle chubby child that couldn't dance. And I was so <laughs> upset. Like I didn't get, I could like, although to be fair, my skinny sister and my dancer sister both can't sing worth a shit. So that's the only thing I have on them, but both of them can dance and I, I can, I can keep up, but I was never as good as I wanted to be. And it was one of the only things that I was like, this is so stupid. This is one of the only arts or whatever that you try at that is technically an athletic ability that you should be able to master at a certain point. And I was just too clumsy. I have no rhythm. It's bad. I'm not it's, a good dancer. It's you, tough. 
are, though. I've seen you do it, and you can do it. I think that it would be... You know what I mean? I'm like a soulless dancer and that's almost sad. That's not true. It's that you can't, it's because you have soul. I'm sorry. My cat keeps biting me on the ankle. Um, <laughs> it's that's untrue though, because you have soul when you sing, you just have to take that and put it in your body. So definitely um, a big thing I want to talk about in like every show, I, every episode I go into this kind of one thing where we focus on just one thing that the the guest does which is obviously you guys are doing comedians interview musicians so i wanted to kind of talk about how those episodes sort of come together what the process is like um kind of what that show's all about everything like how what, how would you describe comedians interviewing musicians and kind of like what you guys are doing what is the point of the show like all that kind of stuff like let let our let my listeners know well the point of the show is for becky joe and i to talk and <laughs> laugh at each other and laugh at ourselves not not incorrect when when uh when chris approached me about the project uh he threw a mutual i made a movie in 2015 in austin with a friend of his and when uh chris was looking for stand-up comedians his friend said and at the time i was doing stand-up in austin i'm no longer but uh he was like ask this girl she knows and we had a meeting and he was like i want to bring <clears throat> Uh, the green room and a sort of one-on-one fan conversation to a live show. And I want to combine those two. And I think it should be funny. And he's like, I'm not funny at all. So I need someone. Yes. Funny. Please watch the first few episodes <laughs> of comedians interviewing musicians with just Chris. I was on one of them. <laughs> yes, he was. You were. Uh, yes. <laughs> He already had had this great group of musicians that like, you know, knew and loved Chris. And so we sort of found this like little tiny family. And then, you know, it got to the point where he was like, I can't do this anymore. You need a co-host that can keep up with you. And so I was like, okay, we found, found a couple, he found a couple, then I found a couple. And then when I met Kim, I was like, daddy, can we keep her? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And and the whole point of it really, the most I remember, and I I could pull out the journal because it's here somewhere, but I remember Chris saying, I want, like, I, I want, I want people to feel like they're in their living room talking, like they're at a house show and this artist is coming to talk to them. And that's kind of, since then, we've really, it has, it does feel like a family. Like we have hundreds of artists we've worked with, hundreds of musicians, been in dozens of venues. It's like this weird fraternal order of a coven yeah it's a coven yeah Yeah, i mean if you think about how many people you've probably met i guess you've been doing it over three years now right so like yeah um, becky joe's been doing it have you been doing it three years becky joe yeah and kim's been doing it over a year and like almost a year well i'm almost no i'm almost two wow you're over a year yeah over a year over a year and a half i think march will be two years that's crazy so yeah i mean you guys have probably met just i I couldn't even put a number on it but through the show i mean not only the bands but people that come out and see you guys yeah. um, that's got to be cr- like do you guys like go to the grocery store and run into like people that have been on the show or like yes, yes. and i need people to wear name tags because <laughs> i feel like just a jerk when i see somebody and i don't know their name because i'm already terrible at names like i, I can't but i know your face especially now during a pandemic, I think it's actually been really good for me because people can't see my full face and I can duck from people. 
and they like maybe don't know like who I am (laughs) and so I can like not be embarrassed um but uh just to everyone I know who you are I just don't know your name but I love you I think sometimes they do it on purpose. Like sometimes they'll like change their facial hair or something. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know what you look like without a full beard? <laughs> this Why is for I... us. It's not for you. <laughs> is... Your look is not for you. It's so Becky, Becky, Joe and I know who you are. Right. Selfish. We only know the ones we sleep with. Come on. <laughs> so we should know everyone. Yeah. By that logic. That's... By that logic. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, so... Yeah, what what is what's the preparation process like? I know I've heard of these kind of weekly meetings that you guys do. Um, meetings, schemers. Is, is that or we're doing? Is that still happening during like quarantine? I guess things have had to shift quite a bit with you guys since I guess April. Is that when you started up again after quarantine, something like that? But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what what are those meetings like? Like, what do you guys talk about? What's what's the planning process like for each episode? Uh, it's, so it's a lot kind of, a lot like the show, really. It's just us kind of trying to talk out what the plan of the show, because we have a rough, I mean, we have like the same flow format for every show, you know? And so we kind of had to tweak it for quarantine. Um, but we kind of have the same flow for every show. So we mostly, you know, talk about the artist and what would work for them and now for, if I'm going to do a character or not for them, we're like, okay, well, let's not completely scare them. Sometimes Kim is enough. And so we'll just keep it to that and maybe keep Lorraine and all the other characters out of here. Uh, but so we kind of talk about that and Becky Joe always comes up with an incredible game and she'll, you know, come in. She's like, well, I'm thinking about this game or whatever. And we discuss it and we talk about, you know, what, how we can make this perfect for that band or person because it's really it's it's about showcasing them so we still do uh our meetings just via zoom and it is you know chris will say it's always like look a squirrel like we're very much like dogs and we'll go off in tangents obviously if you've been listening much like what you've observed (laughs) (laughs) we'll go off on stuff but it's fun and um you know and like like joe said we're we're a family and we call chris dad and that's not a weird sexual creepy thing (laughs) no no can we tell him can we tell him about the the please whatever this is tell me so this is really fun this is it, it this sounds like it's going to sound like I'm making a joke at the end, but it wasn't a joke. When a couple of weeks ago, Chris started um, realizing that he could he could keep his mic live in our ears, but not the audience's ears. So he was uh, he was under the impression that we could not see him, we could only hear him. But his video was like clear as day. We were looking at it in the up left corner like the whole time. You can't see it when you when it's streamed. So like. When you're watching it on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or whatever, yeah. you can just see Becky, Joe, and I and the band or artist, but yeah, not, not Chris. Chris. But on our Zoom screens, we could see Chris. And oh, God. it was like this for like three weeks. And he, and the whole time, and Kim and I, the, we see him every once in a while. Like he goes and gets a beer. Sometimes the dogs come in and he's petting the dogs. But we aren't really paying attention to him. And he's not paying, he's he's just monitoring the audio. audio. Oh, no. And last week or two <laughs> weeks ago, he was like, well, you can't see me. And we were like, 
the fuck we can't we're looking at you right now dude what are you talking about and he was like wait what you've been able to see me this whole time and i was like chris thank you for being the least creepy boss i've ever had and he thought i was making a joke but like in all honesty one this business is hard on everybody it's even grosser for female presenting people and women there but i i really don't know if i've ever had like a who didn't know he like that to me it was just like it was wholesome it was because like he didn't do anything weird he didn't like decide to take off his pants and like, like walk around tubing there was yeah. no weird like <laughs> <laughs> wasn't like oh screw this i'm gonna you know like it was just it was like we all know and love him because he's such a good dude and he's such a yeah. like he and his wife are so sweet and they the, this oh. whole project is only possible because he was really like he felt like he was missing out when he goes to a show he wants to hang out with the artist he wants to know what makes him tick why they wrote the song like who they are and that's why he wanted to bring the show to people and i was just like of course that's why he's dad he's just like he's dad yeah. Sweet man in this industry that's hard to find. Like that's even sometimes in our own fan base, I'm like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> like it's... It, you see me, you see Kim and I on stage, you do not know us. You do not I may be joking about being flirty and slutty on stage. That does not mean you can slide my number my... is actually very low. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> But still, I, I, sometimes I just think it's like, it's such a rarity to have somebody who is one, equally as passionate about the project as you, if not more, and oh, yeah. respectful, kind. He's never like <laughs> shorted us on, I mean, like he's always been 100% honest. Like I've just, uh, chef's kiss to Chris. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, he's, great. it's none of it's bullshit. Like he's out at locals. Well, when things were normal, he'd be out at local shows all the time, almost all like time. every night. <laughs> Like, absolutely like he truly just loves music and like more so loves austin music and the fact that he doesn't want any of that you know to kind of go away and flicker out and like he's really trying to help bands and other artists just be known like i have I, i didn't know most of these bands before i did this show and then i have found not only like some of my favorite artists and to put on like Spotify and playlists and like, but like actual friends. Like Scott Collins is an actual friend. He's I love yeah. I love that man. Yeah. And it was like, and then I have had more stage crushes. Hello, every female in the pack. Like oh my god, hello, like just amazing <laughs> Kelly Page, like. <laughs> all those women just um, <laughs> yeah but yeah Look like up. it's just it and it, it it's just become so amazing and he's just done a, an incredible job of putting this together and what an amazing concept and it is great that we get to talk about how comedy and music are very similar like yeah. they have similarities and so it's it's been it's probably one of my most like, favorite projects I've done. Like Chris, Chris, the what's like, obviously the, the, the podcast was to showcase artists that were on his app. Right. And like, I often forget now because we can't do a lot of live bookings at the moment. Um, but like he developed, you know, the music firsthand app that was Tinder for musicians and, and venues where mm. a venue could fill out. This is the kind of venue I am. This is the kind of music we usually have. These are the kind of patrons we have. And then the musician would be like, 
yeah, I'm an acid punk rock band and we do blood play. You know, they match them with something like that. That yeah. kind of stuff. Is like, love that was the first thing that came to mind for you. Booking them I mean, right in my house. In absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I like, can't wait. Yeah. They can play right on my sheets. Just, Just. It's, it's one of those things. Like, he's got a passion for it. He had the ability to put it into practice. So mm-hmm. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, definitely. We love you, Chris. Yeah. He's never going to listen yeah. to you. <laughs> oh, yes, he will. <laughs> he doesn't support us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the next thing I definitely want to talk about is these characters. I think you've already alluded to it a little bit, but, you know, Lorraine the Train, uh, Dama. Iconic. Am I getting that right? The, the, uh, Oh, I don't know half of them that I've done. Um, um, there's <laughs> Dom Mixtress. Dom and Mixtress, yeah. Who were like uh, break drinks and like house. Yeah. It was hilarious. House. Yeah. And like there was another one where you were like a kind of stuck up music review person. Like it, I yeah. love all these characters. Like you're doing it, I guess you don't do it every time, but like a lot of times when I when I tune in there's some variation of a character there's some excuse why kim stacy's not there yet like <laughs> they're like something there's it's usually bath- like i'm yeah it's usually i'm in the bathroom or i went and i'm trying to like find a donut down the street it's always yeah, just- there's there's a new gluten-free taco truck out front although yeah. we've stopped doing that because of that one taco truck i was mean to us remember what- <laughs> never mind that's irrelevant <laughs> But I, I love this stuff. And like, is this something you guys talk about in those meetings? Like, oh, yeah. Do you, do you work it out there? Or is it like something you just kind of like do on the fly? Well, like, how is that part of what Kim said? Like uh, when she said well, how we can make it the most comfortable for the artists and whatnot. Like we always ask them, ask them. We, we get 30 minutes before the show starts with the artist. But in the pre scheme meeting, we call them like we always say, like, do you think this artist is good for a character? There's certain things about an artist that would make them good or bad for those things. Like if the artist isn't really a talker, it's not a good idea to put this huge energy in their face. That's like, I didn't know what to do to talk to a normal person. Why am I going to like, I can't, but if, but like, for instance, like the pack girls requested Lorraine and like Lorraine has shown up at some of their gigs to hang out with them in the middle of a show. Like there's certain people that it's, she was asked uh, to do a Madame Radar spot. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's so cool. Madame Radar thing. That's but so yeah, cool. If you're, so if you're like a chill artist. We were maybe not going to bring that, but if you're like a big fun, or maybe you're a huge personality that, but that the match that that right. boxing match would be interesting to watch. Like absolutely. Yeah, like I'm sure, like a Scott Collins, you got to throw everything you got at Scott Collins. You know? Oh yeah. He's such a huge oh, yeah. personality. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, we, we, uh, we'll go over it. And, and I know for, so Lorraine was actually the first character. And so like yeah. when Becky Joe came to me and was like, I really want you to do comedians interview musicians. And so I was like, okay, here's the thing. I am not writing new standup each week, like to open with that to me is so hard. And, and that was the format at the time, the format. And that was, was the format at the time. And I, you know what, like I'm all the, live, but yeah, all the hosts that did that before, like I applaud you because that's, it's not easy to, there's my dog, he just choked. Um, <laughs> but it's not easy to uh, make up a, a new set each week. No. Yeah, and so, sounds- but to me, it's easier to come up with a different personality and then improv the crap out of it. 
So I like came to the, the, what we called like the interview, the first meet with Chris and you know he was he was very not what he is now i think i think it's funny he probably doesn't even remember that first meeting he was not a hundred percent sold on kim's idea no. at all, at all. <laughs> and he was like characters like how are you gonna do i was like here's here's the thing i have an idea for this um older woman and she's like from the midwest and uh her name is lorraine the train and she loves to power walk and listen to music. And I think that she would be fun just to have on. He's like, okay, I'm not sure. Did the first show, loved it, killed it. Yeah. Everyone was for it. I've had so many people come up to me afterwards. They're like, I know Lorraine. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know that woman. And yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. Where do you think she came from? Um, <laughs> but yeah. so, yeah, it's just like coming up with these uh these characters and having fun with it and we talk about it in the meeting if do you think it's gonna work you know and sometimes becky joe and and chris have come up with characters and i'm like i don't know and then i did it and i was like oh it worked Great. i was gonna ask if it ever like goes back and forth like that or if it's all you or like how who comes yeah up it's definitely a team thing and that like and yeah. but like you know sometimes it just depends you know like chris will know the band better than i do and you'll say they'll really like a character and i think like if you can come up with something or he's like maybe like he's the one who came up with a music critic so that's where big house came from or the one with the, the my man character who uh, talks like this and uh so he he came up with that character and and it worked out pretty good like Bic came on the show a few times and putting on a bald cap in like a 30 second window is never easy yeah. uh but it's it's fun and you know and becky joe will come up with ideas and it's very collaborative i've never come up with a character idea for you but my i'm trying to give you thrill. credit please take it <laughs> but my greatest thrill in life is playing your straight man because oh yeah and that's that's the best that. thing yeah. that comes that that, that happens she yeah just need like that's one of the best things, and I think this is something that every like middle school drama teacher tells you, and you're like, whatever, Mr. Brown. Whenever they say like, and I now I tell this to my kids campers during summer camp, like take it to 120% because people can always tell you to turn it down. Just never, never ever be told that you're not enough. Kim never has to be told to turn it up. <laughs> I have and I never been never... told, Kim, you're not giving enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, if you, if you do it 110%, can't nobody touch you when you've got your war paint on. You are good mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, see, I think that's, um, I think that's important too. Is that it's not like everybody on stage is going 120 percent though. Like I think, you know, and I think that's kind of that's I don't know. It's it's another way I think music and comedy relates is because you have to give each other space, right? Like I think with oh music, yeah in a band if everybody's going all out on their instrument, I don't want to listen to it. Like it sounds it's too like, much noise. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. With too much character and too many personalities. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is like when you, cause there's, there's a setup, there's a clear setup when it comes to a band is that this is the lead singer yeah. and then everybody else knows what their role is. But if you're coming in um, with, you know, an interview style or comedy like this, you have to take the staff yourself and you're like, I'm the leader. This is my thing. You guys, I will tell you, I will pass you the baton when it's ready and this is what will happen. 
So doing those kind of things, you have to take full control. Um, and without verbally saying it, you have to let everyone else know their role. Yeah. Well, I mean, like with Saturday Night Live, like Weekend Update, there's always these like crazy characters that come out, you know, halfway through. But, you know, you've got Colin Jost just trying to be like super serious, uh-huh. like even though he cracks up a lot of times. I definitely noticed that happen. But like, <laughs> are you guys Saturday Night Live fans? Like, is that oh, you got- lifelong? Like the everyone yeah. really it, it Kim knows this for working at the Follies as well. It is kind of like. You were so great. Why don't you audition for Saturday Night Live? And we're like, yeah, all of us would love to audition for yeah. Saturday Night Live. The it's the steepest sketch com- comedy job and the hardest job to get in the world if you're in com- sketch comedy. But like, you don't have. To, I don't. I don't necessarily see as much. This is gonna sound like I don't respect it at all because I do. It's literally like the hi. I would love to be there, but yeah. it's not like a marker of. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's a goal. It isn't like an end all. I think even the people who like get there realize like, okay, now I'm here. I need to put out a good product. I need to be funny. I need, you know, like everywhere you go when you're a working actor or a performer, every job you get should be treated just like that. It should always be treated with the amount of intensity and respect you would give your most wanted job. Right. Yeah. That's my most wanted job. I'm now just doing the Austin version of it. God rest, please God, we can go back to normal eventually. But like there's, yeah, there, I think the character development for that show is what's so funny because that's what you remember. You remember yeah. like the Molly Shannon's characters. You remember Chris Farley's characters. You remember these insane people yeah. that were brought to life there. Like it, it has to be, no, no, nope. Oh my God, sorry, I just answered a phone call on my computer. I have no idea that happened. For the podcast <laughs> listeners, I'm an idiot. And- <laughs> I pressed a button I shouldn't have pressed. Well, like, uh, speaking of, like, uh, Chris Farley, you know, like, I, I think of, like, Matt Foley, you know, like, and yeah. there's, I think it's Phil Hartman is the dad that calls him up yeah. and stuff. I mean, he's he's so just, like, kind of normal dad guy, you know? He's not telling jokes in that, but Chris yeah. Farley right. is the most in that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's why it works. And I think well, that's- and that's, that's the oldest form and it's the truest. Like, that's the one thing that you can't mess with and yeah. that will never change is that the best combo is an outrageous character and a straight man. Yep. And it's just like, that's it. That's what has happened. I mean, you've, I mean, you've, there's just, I can't even think of an entire list because there's just so many examples of it. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's just what works. And uh, I, like that's what works for us too and it's hard when you find that person because the hardest thing is to me is being the straight man and then also it's hard to accept being the straight man because everyone wants to be the outrageous character who's getting you know what they think is all the laughs but honestly it's the reaction of this of the straight man and so the I, I don't like calling it a straight man, but I was just, you know, like, so many times. I know. every time I say it, I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> like uh, is there another just, way we could put it? I don't know. I don't is know. There some kind of uh, word we could the normal human pineapple or I know something? like yeah. something. I don't. Yeah. The, the non outrageous yeah. character, you know, nobody wants to be that person, but it's, it's the most important role. Yeah. And 
every all the audience is getting what they like the reaction and what is going to be the ultimate laugh from that non outrageous character. Yeah. So people need to take that like it's it's a hard job. I don't like doing it because I like being the outrageous character. And it's hard for me just to keep a straight face. Well, <laughs> not really, because I don't think anyone's funnier than me. But it's like <laughs> hard for for me just to be the one who's kind of lobbing up the jokes. Um and not, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me, but that's okay. And Becky Joe does a freaking fantastic job at it. And she finds funny moments where she's the one who gets to have the whole joke. Yeah. And that to me is really, really special. So people need to understand that both roles are really difficult to do, but the non outrageous character is the hardest one. Well, I think that's the kind of the beauty of this show and talking to you guys like really is kind of seeing like behind the scenes, because I think a lot of viewers might not think that way or like they yeah. you know, fans of comedy. They may never have thought of like, OK, what is the thought that goes into this? Like that preparation, like why is that person not being crazy, too? It's like, well, no, that was really well thought out. Like that was like that's the plan. So I think that's just kind of a big takeaway that I'm getting from talking to you guys tonight is just like. You know, something I realized already, but, you know, some, even more so is just like, you know, you guys, you know, have to put in a lot of thought and a lot of care into this stuff going into it. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not like this easy thing. You guys make it look easy going back and forth. You know, that's it's, nice. <laughs> well, yeah. And people and it's really funny when we tell the, the guest artists when they come on that we've done all this research and we have like this book of all these questions. and Everyone's like what you did research and it's like what what do you think i'm just gonna like come on and be like um some music like i i mean i have to ask you things that are personal to you so yeah i'm gonna creep on your instagram page yeah i'm gonna go back to the first post you did in 2012 and i'm gonna try to find those things that are about you and so yeah we do a lot of research and we're also trying to, I mean, it's, it's not so much we write out the joke, but sometimes we can kind of find what we think is going to be a funny response or story. Right. There's, and, there's a setup. There's a yeah, setup. Yeah, there's a setup. That, that yeah. we, um, through trial and error, and sometimes out of complete, like what Kim said earlier, out of our ass, sometimes we know what things will work based on a experience. We also know what things won't work. Sometimes those things can be used to your benefit. You know, let's say the sketches or the, the there have been multiple times where the game I've des- developed or whatever is going nowhere. It's not not as funny in my head as I thought it would be. Capitalize on that. Like when when you're in any sort of performance situation, especially in comedy, the most important thing to do is to be present. And if you don't set the structure up for yourself beforehand, you can't do that. So mm-hmm. if you don't know where you're going to end like if you don't know that we need to get like like every other every uh, late night show or daytime show will tell you you wait you get a big laugh and that's when you cut for commercial you save your question with a possible big laugh before commercial because you want the audience to be laughing in and out of transition we don't have the luxury of commercials we have musical breaks and those are timed we know we need to fill at least eight to ten minutes of conversation before they get into a song so 
when we do, you know, the Kim stalking segment, for instance, like where Kim has Nancy Drew it online and she's figured out their Instagram creeping questions. She knows to save the good question for the end because yeah. that's yeah. the most interesting part. She knows to do that. And if we Go don't- on a high. Right. Yeah. And if you, if maybe we don't get that response, guess it, it, on either end, if I don't get the response I want, Kim undoubtedly has a follow-up question that's going to answer it. Same thing goes like, let's say the artist bombs on that question. It isn't that funny. Kim and I will go on a tangent. That is funny. You have yeah. to set yeah. yourself up for the structure. You have to use your God-given gifts <laughs> to get you. Yeah. Absolutely. But and the show is, and the hardest part is that this show is live and it's taped as well. So it's like, uh not only are you you're gonna see our faces and you can go back and watch that stuff um but then you can also listen to it on the podcast right. so it's not like we have the the pleasure of editing it right there and there like then and there so yeah. if something doesn't work we can't be like all right let's try that again um all right so susan <laughs> you really need to i'm giving you this really good question and you're really <laughs> screwing it up yeah. but you know we just have to keep going Right. No, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the show. This has been so much fun. Thank uh, you for letting us to be interviewed. It's been a pleasure. I know that. Yeah, I've always wanted to be interviewed. People. You guys are interviewing people all the time. I figure it'd be really fun to have you guys on and be on the yeah. other side. <laughs> I, would, I love it. I hope that we did it justice. I think so. I think you really did. I think uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see what the listeners think, you know. Let us know in the comments. Sorry, the listener, because um, as soon as they see Becky show my name, they'll be like, mm, what's for next week? They're like, I yeah. thought I saw those names on a police report. I don't know. <laughs> no, thank you, Brian. I'm really to that, excited though. to see. I'm excited to see who else you get to interview and how your podcast progresses, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so besides comedians interviewing musicians, which is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central, right? Um, yeah. Is there anything else you guys are trying to promote and or anything like that, or is it pretty much like that's the focus right now? I don't know, but I got a Venmo. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, I, I'm always I don't know, but I got a bank account. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I'm always down for creative collab. I'm in Kansas City at the moment um, with my folks because uh, that I'm subletting my apartment because it's expensive. Unemployment is not uh, great. So if anyone wants to go to know Zoom uh, comedy, right? They need some, I don't know. I'm a terrible life coach. If you want to just further your spiral out, you can pay me to help with that. That would work. <laughs> I love this advertising. What a what a great what a great new job that is. And be like, right. do you feel that your life isn't completely gone down the toilet? Let me help you, you push it over. Step, you want to step closer to the edge? Call me. We'll discuss my finance. You on the bridge, but you're not sure how to jump. <laughs> yeah. Call me you for like, a push. You like the sound of being put on hold by an insurance company? Let's amplify that and turn it into an yeah. internal feeling. Yeah. Just, just being on leave. hold. Just, just take, take a leave. leave. That's what you're. That's what it is. Take a leave with Becky Jones. No, but I like, take a leave into my arms because I'm lonely. <laughs> Help. Um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I guess I would say that everyone go to zachtheater.org and slash education 
um, and look at their stuff because I will probably be teaching a TikTok character creation class uh, in the spring. Um, I guess we call it the spring. I don't know. In Vermont, we still call it winter, but January, uh, that that is the new semester. Um, And I might be teaching uh, Create Your Own Podcast Part 2. So keep an eye out for that, but it's for grades six through 12. It's really, really fun. Um, Also follow me at yes, Kim Stacy on the Instagrams. I'm always trying to put out something and also at choo choo Lorraine. Um, If the person who is it it maybe just by chance, uh, the woman who has the domain of Lorraine, the train, uh, for Instagram, who does not post anymore and not even their name is not even Lorraine. If you will give me that domain, um, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so I've been just trying to put out videos like that. So follow me, hire me, love me, um, touch me. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Perfect. You guys nailed it. Well, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. We miss yeah. you, man. Thank you, Brian. This is a great interview, and you are a great interviewer. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Have a great night. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. Appreciate. It. We'll you. see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. To support the show, please visit Patreon.com/slash/BrianWolfMusic, or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. 